Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. With free next-day delivery from Staples, you can run your business like a pro. You can guarantee the marketing department that they'll get their supplies tomorrow and guarantee the accounting department that they'll be delivered free. With free next-day delivery, you'll have the ability to move deadlines up and adjust budgets down. Go to staples.com and get the office essentials you need delivered next day for free. Staples. It's pro time. Orders over $49.99. Place by 5 p.m. Excludes weekends and holidays. Eligible items only. What is up, Golf Addicts? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies podcast. This is the Wyndham Championship 2017 from Sedgefield Country Club in Greensboro, North Carolina. We are going to break all that down for you, give you the key stats, the guys we like, and a few guys we don't like this week in such a star-studded event. But before we do that, we are going to give you a small recap of the PGA Championship. We're tired, we're beat up, we're bruised, we're sunburned, but we have done our research and we're ready to go. If you have not already checked out our PGA Championship Recap with Friends podcast, it is up and available right now. If you're fans of the Tour Junkies, you've been listening to us for a little while, uh, and you you just want a little bit of entertainment, a little bit of uh, intoxication from a few friends of ours talking golf and having some laughs, sitting around the microphone late one night after the PGA Championship. Check that episode out. It's pretty funny. We enjoyed doing it. But for this one, we're going we're gonna to bring you the heat. So may your screens be green for this last regular season event for the year. Enjoy the show. What's up, Golf Addicts? David with the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast. I got my boy P. Perry coming off the PGA Championship week. We're a little tired. Our voices are a little groggy. There's blisters on my feet. I'm sore, but I'm a happy camper. How about you, Pat? I'm I'm the same. Yeah, I have... Uh, my blisters are on my face. <laughs> <laughs> and it's... You know, I made the mistake of when we were out there on Saturday of not having a hat on, not having put on any sunblock. You just wanted to show off that Georgia swoop to the world? And, you know, on my face, just nuts. So I am crusting up. My face is itching. It hurts. And uh, But it was fun out there. That's for sure. We had a lot of fun at the PGA Championship. Justin Thomas. Brings it home, first major for Justin Thomas, fitting into the major season. He's just played really well, and he's been one of those guys that every major, everybody's been talking up. And, uh, of of course, he's a super talented guy. We were both on JT on last week's show. I definitely felt like he was a good GPP play, and then you came up behind me and said, you know what, I'm on him too. Quote, I'm going to make a prediction that the winner of the Millie Maker will have Justin Thomas in their lineup. And sure enough, 
that came true. So congratulations to you as well. Unfortunately, that was not you who had <laughs> it was not me who had Justin Thomas in the Millie Maker lineup. But uh, but yeah, well, I did have him in a lineup, but also had some other crappy players with him. So yeah, we had uh, we had a handful of of uh, Justin Thomas lineups for sure. I mean. So, what are your thoughts on uh, you know? Give me your give me your thoughts on the on the weekend as a whole. And obviously, we're disappointed. Kids didn't didn't close it out on Sunday. That really sucked to see. But uh, as he's our boy, and we were all we were following him pretty hot and heavy Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But uh, give me your give me your closing thoughts on the PGA week. Well, I was happy for JT. I mean, he he played great. Uh, got off to a rough start on Thursday, but other than that, he was he was good. I mean, um, putted well. I mean, down the stretch, I mean, he he finished those. I guess he was even on the Green Mile for sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. Um, you know, when you're in that situation, I, I, he did what he had to do and played very solid. So I, I was happy for him, I mean, and it was a good overall tournament. Uh, you know, a little bit anticlimactic at the very end, and and obviously you and I were both uh, really pulling for Kiz. And Kiz, to me, there was just um, I think that last those last few holes on Saturday just kind of killed a lot of his momentum. I feel like if if he had finished those those few holes strong, that that it would have been really hard to catch him on Sunday. But he let a lot of people back into the tournament. And I wondered about the fatigue factor because, as you and I both know out there, it was so freaking hot. I mean, I don't— Miserable hot. We grew up in the South, and I don't know if I've ever— And it wasn't just because it was just the the humidity. Like, you would get a liquor drink, and the ice would be gone in a matter of minutes. <laughs> like, literally—I'm not, I'm not kidding. I, I got, like, a club soda, and, and I had to, like, refill it with ice, like, three or four times. I mean, it was just— it was ridiculously hot out there. And then he was having to play with two of the most annoyingly slow players out there on Saturday and Jason Day and Hideki. And I, you know, he pretty much, you and I both noted that he, he, he pretty much had the tee the entire day. And he would get up there, knock his shot in a matter of seconds, and then it, was, it was, seemed like an eternity before they were <laughs> off the tee again. Yeah. Well, we, we recapped a lot of the details of our weekend with a lot more enthusiasm and influence of spirits and wine mm. in our PGA Championship Recap with Friends podcast that we released today, Monday. And we've got Moose from Mooseonomics and Fantasy National. We've got uh, Dan and his brother Brian from Daily Fantasy Press. We've got our wives. We've got your brother, DirecTV Perry, all on that podcast. Microphone in the middle of the room, the wine flowing, and the hot takes coming. And it was a very entertaining episode. If you, if you, you know, I will say if you're like a golf nut and you listen to us for like pure DFS purposes, you're probably not going to enjoy it. But if you like to laugh and have a good time and you've listened to us for a little while and you kind of know some of our running jokes and, you know, you'll probably be entertained at least somewhat. Uh, Maybe not, but we did it really for our entertainment more so than ever. Um, But it was a lot of fun. But we talked about some of the some of the hot takes that we had about kids and about the slow play. And uh, we had some good times. We we I mean, we talked about tricking a blind cashier at the PGA merchandise tent. We talked about, uh, well, my wife. Moose sounds. Yes, moose calls and, uh, you know, how, how you get, how you, the mating calls of, of a moose. We talked about my wife now being BFF with Jason Day's wife, Ellie. 
we talked about um you know uh, north korean golfers and the travesty (laughs) that is going on on that part of the country there's just a lot of good stuff that you miss and i don't want to reiterate it all now because it would just be pointless so you should go back and listen to that if you haven't already um you know, the I, I, I will quickly recap our picks. We, we had an okay week. It wasn't terrible. Um, we picked 36 guys, which is a lot, but it's a major, and we, we, we were kind of, uh, whatever. It was a lot. Uh, 11 of those missed the cut. Uh, a lot of them were kind of chalky, though. I mean, big names. Rose, Phil, Thomas Peters killed us. Daniel Berger was probably the chalkiest of them all. Bubba, we took a few shots on. Uh, Xander Shoffley was pretty chalky as well. He missed the cut. Uh, Jimmy Walker, uh, guys like that missed the cut for us. So, you know, that kind of sucked. We did have four guys in the top 10, including the winner, Justin Thomas. We had 11 in the top 25. And, uh, I, th- I mean, the JT call was, was nice. Uh, we know we, we had some listeners have some green screens out there. Despite the 11 missed cuts, they were able to avoid those landmines and pick the guys that we were right on, and especially Justin Thomas. So congrats to them. Our, our buddy uh, at E&E from, uh, from Twitter, he was a fantasy draft live final um, finalist at the PGA Championship all weekend. And as, as a result of us, actually, he made the live final, and he got there. and. Represented tour junkies very well with a T-shirt, and he changed his uh, his uh, fantasy draft avatar. He ended up finishing third, t- took home a few grand. So, congrats to him. That was awesome, uh, man. I just want to say before we move on from the PGA Champ, we really appreciate all the listeners who showed up to the PGA Championship, like rocking Golby and tour junkie stuff, and posting pictures and um, retweeting our antics from the week and you know, posting pictures of me and my caddy bib <laughs> from the <laughs> golf channel, uh, you know, echoing who lit the kiss throughout the, the, the world on Twitter and on the, and on the grounds of Quail Hollow. I mean, it was a really fun week for us. We had a lot of highly engaged listeners, both on the grounds at Quail Hollow and, uh, and behind the keyboard there on Twitter. And we really appreciate it. We had a, a sensational week as far as that's concerned, a lot of engagement. That's what's really fun for us. Like we 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 want to engage with you guys, uh, and it was it was a lot of fun. We are like like you can probably tell right now, we're we're kind of tired. <laughs> um, <laughs> you should be more tired than me, I will say, because you were out there thir- uh, Friday, true. Saturday, and Sunday. I just I just had all day on Saturday. Yeah. I did wear the bib though, even yeah. though I didn't get caught on TV. Well, DB wore the bib, and the bib was magic. It was absolute magic. Um, highly effective it was just great so yeah pumped about that um as far as the pga i i do think we'd be we'd be remiss for those of you who are not on twitter and and maybe maybe living in a a golf uh news media hole or cave (laughs) other than this podcast if you have not seen the video that louis ustazen posted last night or Sunday night on, on the net jet flying to wherever he's going next right after right after the PGA Championship. If you have not seen that video, you need to pause the podcast and just Google search um, Louis Ustazen, uh I Will Rise Up or Rise Up or whatever it's called. It, it's unbelievable. It's hilarious. It gives me a whole new appreciation for Louis Ustazen. He He, he completed the career... Runner-up Grand Slam 
in majors yesterday. So he has finished <laughs> second in all four majors in his career. And he just posted the most hysterical response, which was just, it was classic. So you, you must it, it, go see it. I, it, it was, it's one of my favorite tweets ever. If we were doing I'm tweet of the week, that would be hands down the one. And, you know, we used to always talk about how we didn't know who ran his Twitter account. Well, now I'm, I'm a little more, like, I like who did he? No, nah, like, I still think he's got people running his Twitter account. I still think. Yeah, yeah. but not that, he took not over that time. last night. Yeah. He took over his own Twitter account last night and made magic. <laughs> it made magic. Um, that was just fantastic. And then, you know, I thought there was a couple other cool things that came out today. I think Justin Thomas, rumors going around that Kiz, like, cold-shouldered him yesterday after the tournament, which he just flat out came out and said that could not be further from the truth. He and Kiz are boys. Um, Kiz just responded to that whole thing really well. I know, I know he's pissed. Uh, and I think he's going to, he's always going to learn from it. You know, he's, he's always going to learn from, from stuff like that. It'll help him close the door next time. He's going to have more chances, but I thought that was cool for Justin Thomas to come out and make that public. And, uh, yeah, so it was, it was a great week, fantastic weekend. If you want some laughs and you want some higher energy and you want inebriated Pat and inebriated Pat's twin brother, Chris, and a little bit of moose, you need to listen to that podcast. It's pretty funny. Um, you know, for as much as you talk about me always stealing the show, by the way, you, you, you took over that night. Have you listened to it? Have you listened back to it? I was going to after, after the show tonight. I've listened to literally the first, like, five minutes, and, and right after oh, uh, Mrs., Mrs. Moose does the, the, the moose call. <laughs> well, let me just tell you. You took over. You were talking over everyone, yelling. The people can't tell, obviously, because it's audio, but you were standing up when you spoke. Like, you were demanding of your voice be heard at this well, point on this podcast. I'm pretty sure part of it was the sweater guy. <laughs> was a, actually, I don't think that, that didn't make the podcast. That was just a video my wife took. Oh, so that didn't make the show? Okay. No, no, that was not during the podcast. You may not remember, God, but um, I, I will have nightmares about that guy. Let me just tell you, you you were you were in rare form in this in this in this pod. Well, you weren't in rare form for me, but the listeners may be like, "Who is this version of Pat?" It's pretty entertaining, <laughs> and he stayed awake the whole time. Yeah, and he, <laughs> he didn't fall asleep. Unlike Chris, unlike, unlike Chris, God. Chris was pretty much asleep <laughs> towards the end. Um. <laughs> And he almost wanted to fight me again. Oh God! Whoa, wait! I I missed that. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. In fact, Dan was like, at, when he was leaving, he's like, I can totally see how that whole Ryder Cup thing went down. Because oh, one minute Chris God. would be like cussing me out from across the room, laying on the couch, and the next minute he's doing, DB, I love you, I love you, DB. And then the next, <laughs> and then and then thirty <laughs> seconds later, you go, DB, and I go, yeah, and he go, I'm gonna hit you in your bleeping face. I mean, like, it's just, he's it's like multiple personality disorder or something. Uh, uh. Oh, God. Um, all right, well, let's get into the course preview, and let's move on, because we, we need to hit the Wyndham picks. <laughs> Do we have to? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I okay. mean, I'll be honest, I did a fair amount of research today. Despite it being the Wyndham, you know, it's the final, like, regular season event before the FedEx Cup playoffs kick, kick off. It is a pretty weak field, but but there's a lot at stake for a lot of guys in this tournament. And, um, you know, it's right down the street, Greensboro, North Carolina. 
So I, I put a little effort into this. Fantasy National made it easy. Um, and I did some other, I looked at some other things. So I, I've actually, I'm actually pretty well prepared. Um, before we get into the course breakdown, I do want to remind everybody that we've got, we've still got the Swing Caddy promo code. We're, we're, this thing is, has been really successful. So we're, we're going to keep it going. So if you guys are interested in your own personal launch monitor that gives you swing speed, ball speed, you know, carry distance, an incredible practice mode for when you're on the range and you need to work on dialing in distances. It's as big as like a iPhone 7 Plus. You can fit it in your pocket. Super easy. Uh, better than a $20,000 TrackMan with our promo code. You only have to pay like 290 bucks. So you get 60 bucks off the regular price if you go online. So you can go to our website, tourjunkies.com now. Click on the Swing Caddy promo link at the top. That'll take you to the page. You can learn a little bit more about it. And then when you go to checkout, type in Tour Junkies. We had a couple people message us this yesterday, or last week, not yesterday. Tour Junkies, all one word, all lowercase. No capital T. All one word, all lowercase. The site, for some reason, does not like capital T's. We learned that last week with a listener. So all one word, all lowercase. You put that in the promo box, hit apply, and you'll get your 60 bucks off. And uh, I've got mine. You've got yours. We've been able to play with it a little bit. It's pretty fun. I'm even using it for Collins. Uh, he's enjoying seeing how far he hits the ball now as a junior. Kind of, It's kind of fun to watch. Um, his club speed's probably coming close to surpassing yours, actually, Pat. I think he's up to like a 61-mile-an-hour club head speed. <laughs> so, well, I, I can't I wait we're getting to get there. I haven't. I have not tried mine yet, but um, I can't wait to do it. All right, and compare it to compare it to your son. There you go. All right, hit us with the course breakdown. All right, so this week we are at the 2017 Wyndham Championship in Greensboro, North Carolina, at the at Sedgefield Country Club. This is the Donald Ross course. It is playing about 7,100 yards. It's a par 70. You've got two par fives. Both, I believe, can be reached by most of the players in this field. Uh, Four par threes. Two of the par threes are in that kind of 170 to 180 range, and then the other ones are uh, right there over a little over 225. Uh, This course has hosted the tournament uh, here since 2007. You got champion Bermuda Greens, very similar to what we had last week. Uh, typically plays though is one of the easiest on court on tour. I looked at the last three years, and I think the the best that it was, as far as the hardest that it was, was like thirty sixth or or thirty seventh. So it's obviously plays pretty easy. You had Siwoo Kim break through with his first victory last year in two thousand sixteen. Davis Love the third in two thousand fifteen. Camilo Vajegas in two thousand fourteen. Patrick Reed in thirteen. Sergio Garcia in 2012, and then Webb Simpson in 2011. Uh, you know, this is just one of those good old classic courses. I don't think you need to be too long off the tee. I, I do, um, you know, you do need to hit the fairways where they're not incredibly difficult to hit. And I think, um, obviously, greens and regulation and proximity for me are going to be big stats. Also, strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained approach because I think this – is definitely a second shot golf course, and uh, so there you go. You got to be a scorer as well, because as I said, it's a pretty easy course. So that's about all I got. Weather, as far as the weather's concerned, real quick, it just it's typical this time of year. Pop up storms every day possible, and hardly any wind. 
Well, first of all, I'll tell you, I'm going to play my normal allotted bankroll amount this week. I'm excited about this last full field event. It's not the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, there is a lot at stake here. There's a lot of guys that people won't know a lot about. Um, so I think there's an edge for, for people who do their research. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and, and roll out the full bankroll. If anybody's wondering, that's going to happen. And uh, I'm, I'm definitely looking at four key stats. One I get from straight off of Fantasy National, and that's good drives gained. Uh, another one is strokes gained putting, which is not normally a stat I look at, but I did see that kind of pop in, in past events here. Uh, par four scoring, you mentioned, I think. That's, I do, do see that as a popular stat this week on a, on a par 70 especially. And then uh, overall, just birdie or better and, and DraftKings scoring. So those are the four stats I'm looking at. However, I'm also going to lean a little bit towards the bubble boys. I mean, there, you know, there are some people who may not look at it, may not know it's a thing, may, may know it's a thing and not really care or not really weight it. Um, I do think it has, it has bearing. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't make a, just because you're on the bubble to, to, you know, miss the top 125 doesn't mean all of a sudden, like you're going to be a great putter, although you've sucked at putting all year. But I do think it, it, there's something to be said about the mental side, about the focus that's required, um, that extra attention to detail, that extra focus, um, on a tournament that's kind of a, a weak, you know, a weak tournament, you get a little edge when you have a guy who's extra focused, and he's going to treat this like it's his major because it is. It's a big deal. He's got to keep his card, uh, or at least make it easier for him to keep his card by finishing top one twenty-five in the FedEx Cup standings. So I, I do, uh, I do have some guys um, kind of ticked that are like one forty-five who like with a really good win top three top five could make their way into that top 125 and then i've got guys you know down to like 116 114 in the rankings that if they just really you know screw the pooch they they could possibly get past so i think there's something to to you know to be gained by um paying attention to stuff like that this week so that'll also be something i I bring up here as we get into our picks well, uh, Pat, I say you start us off this week. I've been starting us off every week. I, I think you, in the five-digit range, you got five guys there. You need to tell us who to play. Well, um, of these five guys, and I'm sure you're going to be shocked about one of them, but I do think you get the one that you kisses. The one that you weren't on last week? <laughs> the one that I, that I wasn't on last week. There's no way I can't be on them this week. Uh, and that's Kizzo at eleven three, and and it's look you don't typically see him at this price, but this with the field we got, he he certainly should be priced here. Obviously, his recent form is is, is really good. Checks the box on strokes gained off the tee approach. He's been putting fantastic. One of the courses I looked at was uh, kind of as a corollary course was Colonial um, at the Dean and DeLuca, which obviously he won. Uh, so I do like Kiz a lot. And then right there above him at, at 11.5, I mean, really, Kiz and Stinson are going to be my top two plays here. And, and I'm probably going to fade everyone else. I love Stinson as far as the stats. He's going to hit it, you know, for strokes gained off the tee. He's number two in the field in strokes gained approach. Scoring on par four. Uh, and the same thing as scoring, you know, average on par fours. He also is, is you know, matches that with, with bogeys avoided. So I think you're just going to see him 
plot his way through this course, he should be able to tear it up, maybe hit those three woods off off the tee because you really don't have to have that much distance. So I am going to play Stinson and Kiz in most of my lineups because, you know, I really, I'll, I'll say this. I love the eights and I love the sevens. There's a couple guys here in the nines that I'll, I'll go with. But other than that, I really don't have a ton of guys in, in the six range. So I'm probably going to have to choose between Stinson or Kiz and then drop down into the, the low to mid sevens. But uh, there you go. Those are the, those are those are going to be my guys. I just can't play Stinson. He did check all the boxes. I can't play him in a field like this. He sticks out like a sore thumb when you think about player quality versus the field, and it it's a head scratcher as to why he even plays this event. He's withdrawn from this event before for like a sniffle. I just I it's really tough for me to to pay up for it now for that reason. I mean. I'm pretty, I mean, I'd be shocked if, you know, I mean, we haven't heard everybody else's podcast this week, but I'd be shocked if there's a whole lot of people talking him up. So his his, his ownership percentage could be quite low for a world-class player. You, I do you just got to pray he plays all four rounds and he's, and he's, yeah. and he's engaged. That That's the problem. And it, I do believe you're right. I think that, and that is, is I, I meant to mention that too, is, is one of the major factors as to why I do like him. Cause I think he'll be lower owned than, um, you would typically see him, especially at the top price guy in the field. I mean, I, so getting into a little bit of theory here, like if I were playing in a lower stakes, high volume, high entry contest, GPP, I would definitely consider having a lineup or two with Stinson if you just want that ownership edge. Um, I think if you're playing in a in a higher stakes, you know, higher dollar amount as far as your entry fee and less participants, you know, less entries, I, I don't think I would feel like I needed to play him or I, I just I, I wouldn't put a lot of dollars out of my bank. I wouldn't allot a lot of bankroll dollars in lineups that have Stenson. That's just me. I mean, but if you're playing like the the big four dollar you know, the big $4 tournament or something, and you want to have a few lineups with Henrik or whatever. I mean, I won't, but I'm just saying, like, that would be the time I guess I'd play him. But for me, I'm with you on Kiz. Uh, he checked three out of four boxes for me, and and the one that he didn't is putting, which is really where he struggled, especially on Sunday at the PGA. But that's normally the thing he's good at. I mean, that's normally the strength of his game. Um, so if he can turn that around, I think he could, you know, he could really do well. And he, and listen, you know, like it does suck to see him like kind of fade the way he did on Sunday, but the dude is a bulldog. I'm telling you, like deep down, he is a fiery competitor and he is a confident son of a gun off the golf course. I don't don't, possibly, I got to stop you here though. I don't get why you say he doesn't check the box on putting. I mean, on Fantasy it, National, at, the last twenty-four rounds, he does not check the box in strokes game putting. I'm I'm looking at him and I see him as ninth in the field in strokes game putting in the last twenty-four rounds. In the last twenty-four oh, rounds, oh, here's the difference. I looked at also, I looked at also, Bermuda. Here's this. the difference. I looked at Bermuda. Yeah, but if you look at the stats from last week. I want to say he was number three or four in strokes game putting in the field for the entire week last that's week. That's good. I mean, that's that's good to see. So that's what I'm saying. I do think he is, you know, and he loves putting on these surfaces as well. Well, I mean, what I did is I looked at strokes game putting Bermuda, which is what we're putting on right now, and he didn't check the box. He, did, he didn't check the box. At least he wasn't in the top 15 in the field. 
but still, even he will self-admit that he this is the, these are the type greens that he grew up on at Palmetto. So, yeah, I mean, he's comfortable. Like I said, he's, he's typically really a putter. I mean, obviously, um, I, I, I just what I was getting to is like from the mental side, like he's the kind of player who I could see going through what he went through on Sunday and then coming in a weak field event like this and just saying, I'm going to kick everyone else's ass. I totally agree with He's that. not the totally kind of guy agree. to go, oh, I'm just going to kind of mope around and get through this and get to the FedEx Cup no. playoffs. That's not his deal. Like, opposite of that was, like, Brian Harmon after, after, the, after the U.S. Open. Like, yeah. you could just see the puppy dog collapse, you know, look on his face on Sunday, and then, you know, he just kind of mailed it in after, but. That's not really Kiz's style. Now, is he could he no. could he be physically exhausted? <laughs> Possibly, like that heat and the humidity in Charlotte was stupid. You touched on it, maybe, but uh, it isn't going to be much different this week. I don't. Yeah, think. that's maybe true. A bit, that's true. A little bit cooler, but but I think you're right. I mean, if if Kiz is if he starts on Thursday and doesn't withdraw, the guy is you know he wants to obliterate the field. So. Well, I, I'm not worried about him having a fall off because of any sort of mental side of it. Maybe fatigue, but that's the only reason. The only full fades for me in this range are Stenson and Haas. I mean, Haas does have a tremendous course history here. He's not checking a lot of boxes, not a lot of great finishes lately, and I don't like, even in this field, paying 10-2 for him. Uh, I don't mind Duffner a little bit, but I'm not going to have much of him. I'm putting most of my stock in Kiz and Webb Simpson. At ten grand, um, Webb checking a, a lot of boxes. Another good course history here. He freaking named his daughter after the Wyndham. Um, <laughs> one here, two thousand eleven. His daughter's name's Wyndham. Uh, you know, and it little you know thirty uh, third place finish at the PGA at his home course at Quail Hollow that was not renovated to help him out at all. <laughs> like I mean, that was a tough golf course for Webb last week. I mean, tee to green, that was a brutal golf course for him. And you know, to to come out and 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 finish tie for thirty third, honestly, was a little bit better than I thought he was going to do. I thought he was going to make the cut. I didn't think he was going to finish top thirty three. Um, so I, I like where he's at, and I like I like him coming back to a course a little bit shorter, still in North Carolina. He's got a lot of experience mm-hmm. here. Uh, I, I like it at ten thousand. So Kiz and Webb for me uh, is 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 where I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stay. As far as the nine k range. I mean, I'm gonna have a little bit of. I'm gonna have some Bud Collie. Definitely played really well last week at the PGA. Um, he's been he's been feast or famine at this event. He's played here four times in the last five years. Made two cuts, missed two cuts. The two cuts he made were both top tens. So he's in good form. It feels like this is one of those years where he's gonna play well. Um, he checks checks the box in the good drives gained and the par four scoring. So I'm gonna have a little bit of Collie, although I do think he'll be pretty chalky in this range. Um, the the other guy I might look at is James Hahn, a sneaky little tie 13 at the PGA last week. Uh, checks the box in scoring and par four scoring. So at 9K, I could see James Hahn going as as one of the lower owned guys in this category. Um, so those are those are my two guys there. Anybody for you in the nine K? 
Uh, I, I'm with you on Collie. I think he will be higher owned, though. Um, but I do like him this week. Uh, also, Ryan Moore, I think, is worth a look. You know, his recent form has been better. If you look at his last two events, you know, he finished 13th last week at the PGA and then 28th before that. And then he does have a pretty good course history here. Uh, has won this event back in 2009 uh, and was top 10 two years ago. So I think Ryan Moore is is certainly worth a look. And then I, I wouldn't sleep on Grayson Murray. He got a little bit of a taste of, of being in contention in a major. He's been playing very well lately with a win. He ended up finishing 22nd, fell off a little bit uh, at, the, at the PGA last week. But I do think there's a little bit to be said about kind of the, the North Carolina native um, sort of narrative this week. And, and Grayson's a guy that's going to have a lot of – be comfortable on this course, have a lot of friends and family around him, just like he had at Char- in Charlotte last week. So would not be surprised to see Grayson put up a good performance this week. And I will take him at 9100 I, I don't mind that price. I, I think he's – if you're looking at just how he compares to the field, he is a – He's up there with the way he's playing right now. Definitely a score. I mean, he's he, he's he gains a, his yeah. strokes off the tee, hitting the ball a long way, which is not necessarily a bad thing here, but it's not, you know, needed. Um, and I guess it depends on what the rough looks like, which we'll probably find out here in the next couple of days. Um, moving right along, I want to keep this keep this going at a good pace here in the eight K range. The first guy that I'm digging is is one of my FedEx Cup bubble boys. Uh, currently he's inside the top 125 sitting at number 116 and that's Ben Martin I was on him last time a couple weeks ago he was on a good little run and he misses the cut but he before that he was in tremendous form he's had a couple weeks off he checks the box in par 4 scoring and DraftKings scoring in general and he's got to have a good finish here I mean he could get past I don't think it's likely at 116 that he gets past but, but he could so at 8,800, I think he, I think he needs to. He, you know, he's another one of those North Carolina guys or Carolina. I think he's South Carolina guys. Um, so I, I like Ben Martin at 8,800. I think he'll go a little bit under the radar. Um, I'll tell you a guy who it, it's it's shocking, but Shane Lowry is at 145th in the FedEx Cup rankings, which is probably why he's here. I, and I can't think of any other exemptions he would have. To allow him to keep the PGA Tour card, um, you know, no recent victories uh, that would that would give him that status. I, I'm so I'm guessing that's the only reason he's here. I didn't do a ton of research into that, though, so that could be wrong. But even though he hadn't been all that great lately, he did check the box in the good drives gain, par four scoring, and DraftKings scoring, and he's at 145 in the FedEx Cup rankings. I mean, he's got to jump up 20 spots to to you know guarantee or lock up that that easy spot. Um, in the top 125, so I thought he was interesting. I got I got a number of guys here just because I think this is going to be a key range. Um, Kevin Streelman, I like. I think he could be forgotten here. We haven't seen him in a week or two. Um, I haven't seen him since before the Bridgestone. Was playing really good golf before that. Checks the box in par four scoring and DraftKings scoring. Uh, I really like Scott Brown this week. In fact, I'll go ahead and get it out there so I don't forget. This is the last week of the year. If you are in our Fantasy Fairway one-and-done league, this is the last week of the year, and my one-and-done pick for the week is Scott Brown. 8200 bucks. and I... Who did you have last week? I had um, Alex Noren. He got me like a whopping twenty grand 
Do you remember who you I had? I, I had DJ last week. Oh, fantastic. So you probably passed me. I think I may have passed you. We got a battle going now. Yeah, we do. Um, all right, well, I'm, I'm going Scott Brown, 8,200 as my one and done. I also like him in DraftKings. And, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to name a lot of people here. You're like, yeah, you're Well, this is a good range. I, I love Shez Reevy. I mean, dude's playing really well. I was shocked at how well he played Quail Hollow last week, despite its length. Um, checks three out of those four boxes for me. 8,100 feels like a lock. And then Seamus Power, uh, he checks the par four scoring box. That's it. But he's 123 in the FedEx Cup standings. 123. So he's got to have a good week just to, just to keep it going. So a sprinkle of him. But my favorites in this range are Martin, uh, Martin Brown, and Reavy are probably my favorites. And then I'm going to have some Strillman and Lowry, and I'm going to have a sprinkle of power. I just want a little exposure to Seamus Power. That's it. You know, Reavy is is interesting to me because I, I agree with you. I mean, he does check the boxes here. He's also a proximity guy. I think he's going to be, you know, have a lot of looks at birdies. But he has missed the cut the last three straight years, which kind of I don't understand. It, it seems like a course before, that would fit him. Fit him incredible, and then he's but he does have two top tens here. You know, going back to two thousand nine, and like you said, he's in in great recent form. He feels like a better was, player this year. I think you're right, and I think that's that was what I was going to get at. Was I think that that's the reason if you're looking at Reeve's course history and you see those three missed cuts, you know maybe that'll bring some folks off of them and make them a little bit of a better GPP play. Because I think if you had seen no missed cuts right here, he'd be a, just a cash lock. But I, I'm with you on Scott Brown. I mean, Brownie is this is should be a perfect course for him. You know, so I, I, I'm. He is going to be – he's a cash lock for sure, I think, and, and I'm with you. Uh, Strelman, I like. I'm surprised you didn't mention Ben On. I like Ben On this week at 8,900 right there at the top. You know, he checks the box on strokes gain off the tee, scrambling, also scoring on par fours. So I, I do like him. I, I'm higher on him than Ben Martin. I, I saw what you did on Ben Martin, but I think I'm, I'm going to fade Martin and uh, go to On. And, uh, and and he's probably going to be my my main guy right there at the at the top of the range. And I don't like Shane Lowry at all. I, I just I can't I can't get on him this week. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I not in love I, with I him. get the FedEx yeah. like love like the fact that he's on the bubble or whatever, but just hadn't been playing very well. And and it doesn't you know, on any type of course. It seems like. Well, like every time I see him pop, and then I'm wondering like when is he going to do something? But well, I'll tell you this. I mean, on Fantasy National, okay. In the last 24 rounds, he was top 15 in this field in good drives gained, par four scoring, and DraftKings scoring. I mean, I know it's a weak field. It's not hard to be top 15 when you're Shane Lowry, but still. Um, I, I mean, I, like I said, he's not one of my favorites, but I am going to have some of them. Um, why don't you do the 7K range since I, since I started the 8K range? This is a big one, too. Big chunk. So yeah, this this is a big chunk. So I'm going to start. You know, I, I guess starting at the top for me is is the theme for the for the day. But I like Chess and Hadley at 7900. Been playing very well on the Web.com tour. Had a had a victory recently. Also was I believe third last week, despite locking his keys in the car, which is a pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Look, if you, if you want to check out tweets on him, that was, I mean, he literally was seriously in the interview talking about how. I just, I mean, 
the fact that I focused knowing the whole day that my keys were locked in the car, <laughs> it was it was pretty funny. So, but I do like Chesson. I think he can play this course well. He keeps coming up and it's just popping for me every week. But Chad Campbell. Oh, I love Chad Campbell. Chad's my favorite. I'll go ahead and say that. I don't have any Chesson, I mean, but I love Chad Campbell at seventy nine hundred. He feels like he should be up there in like the the way he's been playing, like in the Shane Lowry. Lucas Glover range. He should be. I mean, just look at it. His last like six events, he's missed one cut. Two of those are top tens. Add two top twenties in there to that number. And then so his worst finish is a 30th place finish. I mean, I just I don't see how and this is another course that sets up well for Chad Campbell. Strokes gain off the tee, checks the box, approach. I said his recent form's good, so Chad Campbell is another good play. I think uh, this is a GPP guy for me that, not Campbell, but this next guy I'm going to talk about, because I feel like he's finally coming around and his game is, he's he's getting a little bit better. I like what I saw from him last week, and that's Robert Streb at 7,700. More agreement. Uh, I'm with you on Streb. You know, he's uh, obviously scrambling. His putting is well. He putted pretty well last week on these greens. So and it just he's flying under the radar, and he's a he's a super talented player that has gone through some rough stretches, but has been playing better. So just in this upper half of the of the seven thousand range, um, I am all over Streb. I'll, I'll let you kind of go because I think we got several guys here. So I'll let you you take it from here on the on the over seventy five hundred maybe. Um, over seventy five hundred. I mean, you named Campbell's my number one. I do like I do like a little Strev. I think he's going to be lower owned, even though he's been playing well. He's he's made cuts here, not a lot of high finishes, but he's made cuts here. I think those are the guys over seventy five that I feel the the best about. Some GPP sprinkles. Uh, I think Russell Knox is interesting. Missed the cut last week, but finished fifth at the Bridgestone, which was a difficult golf course. He, you know, traditionally stats should line up with a golf course like this. Got out to a hot start last week at the uh, the PGA and then just totally bombed. Interesting GPP name, I think. Uh, Ollie's going to be really popular just because he's he's Ollie and everybody loves him. So Knox could be a, a decent pivot there coming off the miscut last week. Everybody's going to see that. Um, Kevin Nas, another one at 7,500. I think I might have some GPP exposure to. Missed the cut last week, but but has played here one time and top tend it uh, here at uh, here at Sedgefield. So at seventy five hundred or above, those are that's it for me. Um, below seventy five hundred, I've got a a few more though that I like. There's a lot of bubble boys here in this in this range. Um, the one guy that I like probably the most is Nick Watney. You know I'm a sucker for Watney. He's played here. Um, four times in the last five years, made three out of four cuts with a top ten. He's 114th in the FedEx Cup rankings, but you know, so he's not he's not in super danger, but he could get past. Not likely. He doesn't play well, but so like Watney. Um, I like Smiley Kaufman and Harold Varner, even though their game doesn't really suit here. They are both. Uh, I'm sorry, not not Kaufman because I crossed him out because he had a win that's giving him his exemption. Varner is the one that's in trouble. Varner's at uh, 138 in the FedEx Cup standings. He's got to he's got to make up some ground. 
So I, I like Harold Varner. He's going to be aggressive. He's not a cash play. He's, he's going to be aggressive, but he's a GPP play for sure. He could score, and I think he's going to be motivated. Uh, so I like that. And then finally in the 7K range, I'm probably going to have a little Daniel Summerhays. He's uh, mm. fin- I knew you were going finished tied for 71st last week. Not great. So not a great, not a great finish. But uh, he's 124th just inside the bubble of the FedEx Cup ranking. So that's it. I'm pretty heavy in the 8K range, 8 and 9K range, as we know. I thought you might look at a little Brandon Hagee. I was kind of surprised there. I, I'm not, as a matter of fact, I, and he's not on my list. But I, I, for some reason, I just thought. No, I, I don't. I don't mind Hagee at all. I really don't. Um, I, I was. I mean, he's going to be popular. He, he's 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 kind of you know he's becoming a DFS darling with old uh, old Matt Wiley talking him up as much as he does. I know he loves him, and I and we love we've loved Hagee for the whole year. I mean, I love the guy. Um, he is a bomber. Um, but I, I think. If I'm going to go there, I think Harold Varner is a little more motivated right now with that 138th FedEx Cup ranking. I think I'll go there. Well, I'm probably going to blow your mind with these two picks that I'm going to go with. (laughs) Okay. The first is I'm going to try to, I'm going to be back on a little dirt McGirt at 7,200 right there at the bottom. You know, when I was doing my research, I, th- I saw the course history. He's a North Carolina guy. And I was like, yes. you know, he, his recent form has just been so bad. I, I, you know, I told myself, I was like, I need to go back and like read up on McGirt and if there's any injuries or anything going on that maybe we've missed that he's dealing with. Because it's just odd to me how quickly he kind of dropped off. And I forgot to do that. So if there's nothing really out there, I don't mind that GPP move at all. No, and I think it is a good G- and, you, and you look at you could maybe say that um, Harbor Town is is a potential. I don't know. Maybe it's a stretch to say that it's a corollary course, but he finished third there, and that was really the last best finish he had uh, out here this year. But I, I think he's a good GPP play at seventy two hundred. The other guy, this one's really you're gonna you're just gonna hate me for this one. Rory Sabatini. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, sure. And, and let me just say, I mean, if you look at the way now, he's not going to check a ton of boxes for you, but he's only played this tournament twice. He finished eighth and he missed the cut. And that was, you know, eighth was four years ago. But if you look at his play, he's made his last five cuts. Three of those were top 20s. One was a top 25 and then a 55th place finish a few weeks ago. So he's been playing, he's been playing a lot better um, as opposed to earlier in this year where he missed like several straight cuts in a row. I, I like him as a GPP play. So I, I, will, I will play some Sabatini, even though personally I'm not a big fan of the guy. But So there you go. That's it for the 7K range. And I really don't have a lot in the 6K. Yeah, I'm, you're probably gonna you're probably gonna have to handle the six K for me because I, I just I I'm gonna stick with the you know most of these seven and eight K guys and then you know maybe sprinkle in some Stinson or Kiz. Well, I will say this. Okay, well let me let me do this first. All right, in the six K range, um, I think if you want a player like Hagee, you go Trey Mullinax at sixty nine hundred, who's very much like Hagee. 
except he's uh, you know he's five hundred dollars cheaper. He's probably going to be lower owned, and he's uh, he's outside the FedEx Cup top one twenty five. He's at one thirty two. So he's got a very realistic chance of making up those those seven spots, but he's got to have you know he's got to make the cut and finish you know finish well this week. So I think Mullinax, if you're going to take a chance on Hagee, you roll with him. So I'll have a little bit of Mullinax. Um, Camillo, I mean, he's got a good course history. I, previous winner here, I probably won't have any of them, but I, I won't be mad at you if you want him. A, I, I think I'll. Before you mention them, so that I, I can I can mention the one guy that I, I do really like in this range, you know, especially this you know at the high six k range is Peter Molnati. He kind of popped um, for me too, actually, with the putter and scoring. Well, and and you think about it, his price sixty nine hundred. He's made nine straight cuts. The last time he missed a cut was the Players Championship. Uh, so he's been playing really well. He finished you know twenty seventh at the Barracuda. Uh, had an 18th fi- fin- place finish at the Barbasol. Um, you know, it's it's not. He's a cut maker. I mean, it's not, and and you want that in this range. I mean, he's probably not going to be you know winning the tournament or anything. But the guy is a cut maker, so I, I do like Malnati at, at, at 6900. I think there's a couple other kind of in that in that same vein as far as just a cut maker. I mean, I think Mullinax is your GPP play because he's. He's one that could actually come up and win this event. He could win. Um, yeah. But I do think Michael Kim, John Huh are both kind of cut makers. John Huh hadn't missed a cut here in five years, and, uh, and and he's got one top ten to speak of. I think, and Michael Kim, I think missed his last cut, but typically a very solid cut maker. And in a wheat field like this, still at sixty eight hundred, I think is a is a slightly uh, you know decent value. I think JT Poston's interesting at 6,800. Maybe we can get a little message to JT and see how he's feeling, but he's at 130 in the FedEx Cup uh, standings. He's a short game guy. He likes short tracks that are kind of accuracy, dart throwing, putting, scrambling contest. So you would think that this golf course would suit well for him. So I don't mind a little JT. Other than that, um, if you want to go even lower, I mean, Davis Love's going to get a little bit of talk because he won a couple weeks ago, but my gut scrub play of the week, okay? Just total gut scrub play of the week, GPP only at 6,600 is Troy Merritt. I've never picked him in the in the history of the Tour Junkies podcast. I got a gut play <laughs> on him. He checked one box for me as par four scoring. Um, this just feels like one of those weird Troy Merritt weeks where like you're watching on Sunday and you're like, Troy Merritt's in eighth place. What? It just feels like that. So that's it for me. There, there's some more guys in the seven K range that if you, if you're in the shot in the arm chat room, come Monday night over on rotor grinders, or you like send us a tweet or something and we get a chance to respond and you're like, Hey, what do you think about these guys? There are some guys in the 7K that I would be like, yeah, I don't mind it. If you like that guy, if they pop for you, go with it. Um, but, I, I, you know, there's too many people, too many others to name. But obviously. By the way, let me, let me, let me mention this. Yes. And this means absolutely nothing. I don't even, you could probably bet on this. But I am so proud of this response that I had in the chat room that I just have to mention it because I was asked what the winning score would be. Oh, yeah, you nailed it. And I said minus eight. 
And that is exactly what it is. It was. Yeah. At the PGA Championship. So I was pretty excited about it. Yeah, that. you nailed that. Good well done. Um Just toot my own horn for a little bit well, there. Oh, you yeah, you know, you had you had a good week. You made some good calls. Um, well, who's your one and done? Mine's Scott Brown. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with last one of the year, make it good when you gotta beat me. I'm gonna go Ben on. Have you used him before? I don't think you so. You need to double check that. If you have, if you have, if you have used him, who are you gonna go with? Just so the listeners know. If if I have used him, I will go with Ryan Moore. Okay. Not too shabby. Pretty sure I haven't used him. All right. Anything else to add, sir? That's all I got. I, I feel like we got through this pretty good. Uh, you and I both had a, a long weekend and a fun weekend, and it's. Uh, but here we are, another tournament. Let's get some green screens. Check out the recap podcast if you want some laughs. You want a little more energy than you had tonight. Sorry. And don't forget the swing caddy promo. And we'll see you in the chat room. May your screens be green. See ya. Oh. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Your kitchen all star can do so much more. Biore Baking Soda Cleansers combine powerful cleansing agents and natural baking soda known for its ability to deep clean and naturally exfoliate without over-scrubbing. Pick yours up at Target today. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for Dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make Dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet. And do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands to get the job done. Lowe's is here to help with more of those brands in stock like DeWalt and Little Giant. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. Now save $60 on a two-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries, now just $99. Plus, we now offer the Little Giant King Combo Ladder, the world's first step, extension, and leaning ladder, giving you the flexibility to do just about any job for only $159. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616, U.S. only. 